Does your business need easy, competitive financing for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best financing options for equipment, trucks, and other big-ticket items. Just fill out an application, and Currency Finance does the rest. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit cocurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, DBA currency pursuant to CFL license 60, DBO-54873. Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to me and like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. You went to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hang on it, Muhammad. G-B-R. Boom. That's a good one. Nailed it. No, don't give me credit. Give him credit. Wait, That's right. Really? You, didn't even, wait, wait, you, you didn't even say it this week, though. I didn't have to. Oh, Kyle's got Kyle's, it. Kyle's he, just got he, it dialed in. He, he could see me like start to rear back before I start. He's like, cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Go big red indeed. No block, no rock. Season three, episode 26. Coming at you in a new spot in the Nebraska Brewing Company tap room. We're actually in the tap room. <laughs> like, like in the middle of it. Yes. <laughs> like we usually when we record an episode. We kind of go to an isolated room where if we need to get refreshments, if we need to reload on our refreshments, it's like an out of sight, out of mind kind of thing, but we're just looking at the taps the whole time. We're sitting like less than 10 feet away. Which is probably going to be a problem. (laughs) So tempting. This episode's going to get messy. We don't even have the big cups. If we had the big cups, it might be a problem. Why don't? Well, why don't? I never understand Hey, a a lot of smaller ones. That's what it is. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel it. Well... Maybe worse, actually. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's go around. Let's talk about what we're drinking. So before I had your new stout that you have on tap, yes. go into that a little bit more. So that's Muhu. Muhu is a milk stout with cacao nibs or cocoa nibs if you're just a regular person. Cacao nibs. How it should pinky be up. said. Yeah. Cacao nibs. It yep. honestly, it, it tastes really great. I know actually all three of you guys got to try it. It's really nice. Very very chocolatey, a little bit of roastness. It's, I, it, I think Kyle yeah. said that, you know, if we're ever tailgating at the brewery at 9 a.m., that's his choice. Yeah. It, it almost tastes a little bit like coffee-like. Like it a was, little bit. Yeah, it, it's good. No, not a coffee stout. That's not there yet. Nope. Nope. No. Because once you drop a coffee stout, that's a, the official MBNR beer. That's I'm just us. telling you. That's <laughs> us. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not joking. Um, Jared pulled a knife out when he said that. He just pointed <laughs> it right at me. That's oh, ours. Shank the fuck out of you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's let's go over to our guest. We got Elijah Herbal, straight from Hill Varsity Radio, joining us. Thank you so much for coming tonight. I know you you just got done with your show. You made the drive here from Lincoln. We appreciate you coming out. We really do. Well, happy to be here. What do you? What well, do you I don't even know what I'm what, drinking. So. What is that? That's that's the brunette nut brown. The what now? Brunette nut brown. It's a brown ale. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you say. Yeah. He's like, I, have the, yeah. I got the brown beer. No, I, I just got the beer. I just like, uh, whatever. Whatever you got, give it to me. We're 15 feet from the bar here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, worst case, I pour you another. Oh, no. Oh, no. Gee, dang it. Be- beggars can't be choosers. It's not Chipotle, you know? But you can be choosing. You're not begging. We're offering you the beer. <laughs> Choose whatever you want. Go. I'm happy with this. You. I'm happy. Hey. Same. Hi. Yeah, I'm Connor. I, uh, I, I am drinking the Pilsner. I, I will pass this to Kyle. You're so lame. I am. No one ever said I was cool. I am 
Kyle, and I'm drinking the Taco Vesa. Yeah. Yes. The Taco Vesa. Oh, I'm back God. on the Taco Vesa. You want to know why? Why? Because we're eating tacos tonight. Not pizza. We usually have pizza for like the guests. You know, we wine and dine a little bit. Uh, but tonight, <laughs> we were like tacos. We're all pizzaed out. So we're drinking Taco Vesa and eating tacos. Street tacos. Street. Yeah. The tacos Street. with the Taco Vesa. It has been so many weeks since I've heard that Taco Vesa. And it, it made me so happy to hear that again. You take Spanish in high school or what? Like that was that was good pronunciation. Oh yeah. No, I didn't. Well, okay, so I did a little bit. Of course, like I I did like a year and a half, and then I just gave up on it. Uh-huh. Uh, but I I have had compliments <laughs> in the past. Like you know, I I've I've had to learn some Arabic and some Spanish in high school and things oh. like that. And I've I've been complimented on my pronunciation, so I appreciate hey, it. You're not, I'm not an expert by any means, but you impressed me. I yeah. All right. Cool. cool. You can really roll it. That's right. Yeah, for roll. a gringo, for a gringo. Roll, yeah, roll your T's there, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, just come on, man. I am drinking the Shake and Bake IPA. Ooh. We call that the training bra IPA here on the podcast. Because if you don't drink IPAs, this one is good. It doesn't taste like a pine cone. Oh, we'll have to try that before I get out of here. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. It, like, it, I don't drink IPAs, but if you drink this, you can say you do. Because it's the only one that I drink. Well, actually, now there's like two or three that I drink yeah. on here. but. Training bra, then we have the push-up bra. A lot of that's that's the There's way. There's a lot of I bras. A lot we of bras. bras. A lot of pairs. Yeah, and IPAs. So see, see, my dad, and my brother, both IPA guys. So any like family gatherings, I got to bring my own six pack of something that's not IPA. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just open their fridge and I go, oh, I should just close that. Yeah, it's like, like it tastes like grass. <laughs> yeah. Pine cones. Hey, Pine some cones people like grass. that. You drink one and you're just hammered. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, you, you don't drink IPA. I mean, look, some people drink for the taste. They like the pine cone, but I do. You know that after one drink, it's like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, let's be real here. They're like yeah. one and a half percent more alcohol. If yeah. one IPA is hey, doing listen, you in, know. you're a child. You're a pussy. Yeah, <laughs> you're a child. Well, I didn't say do you in. I'm just saying, uh, feeling all right. I'm a little loosey-goosey. That's all. Yeah. That's you're all. silly, Goose. Um, so the word, I guess the word for the night is jabronis. Jabroni. Yeah. God, <laughs> so dumb. That's so Listen, I am far from a cheese fan, but when he said that, I'm like, hey, yeah. He's bringing, <laughs> he's bringing that word back. Jabroni. Jabroni. Travis Kelsey. But it was a fitting word. And I'm, I'm not a Chiefs fan here. I'm probably one of the b- biggest Chiefs haters at this table. Who's your, who's your team? I'm a Broncos fan. Oh, there you go. I'm sorry. So growing up in Lincoln, I know. I know. Hey, let's be a Super Bowl 50. I'll have that for the rest of my life because it doesn't Peyton, make right. go anytime soon. Exactly. Peyton made me a Colts fan. Peyton, so. I, that's what I named my kid. So yeah, yeah. yeah your yeah. daughter is wow. literally he's, named Peyton he's after success. a guy with a huge forehead. Yeah. Can't wait to have that conversation when she's older. <laughs> <laughs> no, but big time Chiefs hater. But as soon as uh, Travis Kelsey called uh, the, the Cincinnati mayor a jabroni, which I caught later, I shut the TV off immediately when the Chiefs won that football yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Saw it on Twitter later. I went, mm, that's actually like, how do you hate Travis Kelsey? It's hard to. He's the best tight end ever. Best tight end ever. I used to dislike yeah. him until he got that podcast with uh, with the brother Jason. Yeah, and I started like actually diving into the mind of the Kelseys, and I went, ah, I can't hate this guy. No, they're yeah. Nice do guys. you? Do you Mah- think Mahomes still sounds terrible? I can still hate on him all right. Right. <laughs> sounds like Kermit. Uh, do you think the Kelsey brothers will fight each other in the Super Bowl? I think that's like at plus eleven hundred right now on the Vegas no, books. No, no, definitely not. No, I think no back will. door or front door action. I, I think if they get after it, you just let them go. So like yeah. send them to the fifty yard line. Well, what's yeah. nice is I don't think they'll be on the field at the same time no, they for won't. the most part. No, for them you never know. Maybe they'll create some special formation where Travis Kelsey's playing nose tackle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How fun would that be? <laughs> I love it. Okay, um, we just got done saying our our favorite word is jabroni. Now it's like 
I, I hate to go this route, but on Twitter, NFL rigged is trending. Yes. So, listen, I'm, I'm the, the guy who hates talking about refs every time because every time Nebraska plays shitty, you have people on Twitter or whatever saying, oh, the refs suck, which they do. I mean, the refs do suck, okay? They're human, whatever. But is there something nefarious going on? Is there merit is in, there in the case of yesterday? I think very much so, yes. Okay, go. And you're a Chiefs guy, kind of. So I, don't know. I mean, kind of. Kind of. The thing is, is I would like just the, the Niners and, and Eagles yesterday. How many penalties did the Niners have yesterday compared to the Eagles? Like it was, it was astoundingly different. And then yesterday with the chiefs game, like it just seemed like there was just so much going on and you're like scratching your head a little bit. You're like, man, it just, this game is very persuaded by what the refs are doing. So I, uh, I'm not a big conspiracy guy. I will. I, I hate to say it. I will sit here and say the chiefs did win that game. Those last two minutes were a little weird. A little weird. They, well, what do you mean uh, they're a little weird? What do the, you mean? the most convincing conspiracy theory I've heard so far. What is the name of the stadium that the Super Bowl is being played at? It's State Farm. State Farm. Oh, yeah. Boy. Who is State Farm spokesman? It's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's well, weird. Now they get a pump out commercials for the next two weeks with Mahomes going to State Farm Stadium mm. in the hmm. Super Bowl. Mm. I think like the ref thing aside, like you know, they're the, the Chiefs. Uh, their seventh and nine was a very crucial play for them. <laughs> they're, but, they're, whole, they're what now? <laughs> seventh and nine. Um, like that, like uh, that is all crucial. But I, I think this is, it's not NFL. It's big insurance. State Ooh. Farm coming in and no, making this happen. Not. Yeah, no, State Mike, Farm. Come on, get them. State Farm is the deep it's state. Not, deep but, State Farm. No. Oh, my deep God. State no. Farm. Deep First State off, Farm. No. No free plugs. Excuse me. Excuse fuck, me. Fuck State Farm. No yeah, free no, plugs. I'm saying that too. Yes. Yeah. Second off. Give me Joy Burr playing in his, in Arizona. Give me that. No. I'm, but no, Deep State Farm doesn't want it. I'm all for the hashtag NFL rig things. I mean, the storylines were there. I mean, the Kelsey brothers, the Andy Reid, if he wins this one, he's the most winningest coach at both places. And mm, good right? for him. Right? Two, Andy Reid, great coach. The first time two black quarterbacks play in the Super Bowl. That's pretty cool. That's a great sure. headline, right? Sure. All the headlines are there. That scramble and... Yes, the dumbass that hit him out of bounds late. That was 100% a penalty. <laughs> but there were, right? there were two holds before that, there was, before that had happened. There, was there were three two holds, holds on that. On three. That, oh, yes. I'm there sorry. Was, to, for him to get out of the pocket, there, yeah. was, there was one. There was at least one I see. The, the one on Orlando Brown left tackle, that one was well, the dicey to me. Well, even Hendrickson on, on the edge. They, yeah, they, he got him up there too because I saw that live. I was like, they're not going to call that? Yeah. I didn't even see the one on I, the inside. I later. counted two. Yes. So to me, it should have been offsetting. It probably would have gone overtime, and then you could see what happens. But sure, and the block in the backs and the punt, whatever. But well, at the end of the day, the Chiefs won the game. I don't care. I got a bunch of shade thrown at me by Chiefs fans. Well, I just feel like we were oh, robbed yeah. of overtime. That's, yes, that's, the big, that's the big problem to me. Is I got the end of that game, and I just sat there and felt empty because I'm like, for the last two minutes, I've been expecting overtime. And yes, I, and now you're going to tell me this game's just over in regulation. It's time to go to bed. Like, yes. I'm not ready to go to bed. I want more football. Yeah, well, this, I, is, like, this is how you know Buffalo Wild Wings is failing because if they were still doing good, they would have flipped that switch. Yeah, we would have had the our sprinklers. Overtime. Damn yeah. it, yeah. we would have had our overtime. He would have broke his other ankle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, uh, I'm the kind of guy who's like, yeah, I watched the NFL. And, yeah, was I mad that the Chiefs won? Like, yeah, of course, because I don't like them. And I have some friends that are Chiefs fans, and you know, they're cool, but it's just like, fucking hate the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I'm just not, so, I'm just not that 
passionate about the NFL. You know, me like, either. We live in Nebraska. We don't have a team or whatever. So it's like seeing everyone else, seeing how passionate and you know, you, you had Zach Taylor looks like he lipped. It's rigged in his headset. You know, that's going around, and it's just like I don't know, guys. I feel like you guys just want something to bitch about, and that's how we are with Nebraska football. If they ever lose, which is a lot. John Boy, we need to get John Boy on the case for that uh, for the lip reading. The lip Zach reading. Taylor. Yeah. What did, what did he actually say? Yeah. What, what did, did he say? say? God, I hope I hope that's not what he said. I just feel like that's such a simplistic, just like it's rigged. Like there's so many other shit that happens. Is, right. When you sum it all up, it would just it's rigged. It's like. I don't know. Is there any part of you that actually believes the NFL is rigged? I would say no. I, I, I think, mean, that's kind of what I wanted to say. Yeah. Like, are we believing this? No. Like, okay. You know. Okay. You guys are actually speaking to somebody here. I umpire high school baseball around town. Oh, perfect. Uh, so how much uh, do I need to bribe you with to secure games for me? That's, this is where I was going. Like for me, my own integrity as an umpire in like, like I'm prideful about my own calls. I want to mm. make sure I get it right. I don't want to get it right because like the players we have, I want to get it right because like, it's just a personal thing. Like, I need to get this right because I feel less about myself if I get it wrong. So I guarantee these refs are sitting there watching the film today being like, oh, man, like, we maybe didn't have our best game. But I'll also say, I don't think that you have NFL refs going rigging things just because they care about their own. It's almost egotistical in a sense. If you want to get it right because you're in the NFL, you think you're the best. They're also the best at their position because that's what they do in the playoffs. They take yeah. the best at yeah. each referee position. So, yes, I absolutely well, understand. Well, you said you're an umpire, like, though. Yeah. I want to know, how do you ring guys up? Oh, oh yeah. This guy will get you. You got to give us your call. It's, it's a simple punch. It's just it's a simple, I, I punch with the right, and I just give a nice loud strike three, and I, I punch through. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I don't want to show the kid up too much just because, like, I know. <laughs> you don't, it hurts. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't do the naked gun, spin around, do the splits. <laughs> That's great. Well, I mean, you got some guys that, like, I umpire with, and I love them all. Like, I'm not talking down on them, but, like, but. some of them have some pretty, like, out there ones. And I go, like, man, if I was that kid in the batter's box, you'd turn around and just look at that um, and be like, you serious, man? Like, so it's funny. That's exactly that what, one on me? That's where I'm going. Have you ever had uh, either, A, a batter or a parent just come after you? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, geez. What, dude. What's the worst one? Okay, so I wasn't behind the plate. Luckily, I was out in the field. Um, oh, boy. But I was, uh, I was umpiring. This was, this was even high school ball. Believe it or not, it's 12U baseball. That's where the worst. 12U baseball is the worst for parents and kids, both. I can see it. Because not only do the kids think they're still going to the majors, the parents still think they're going to the majors. So they think, like, every ball is just, like, super important. Every pitch, super important. My kids kids save it first. You can't go, dude, it's the third inning of 12U baseball. I'm like, I have seven games today. Like, are you kidding me? Go sit down. But anyway, they just think, like, super important. Those ones are the worst. I do occasionally get some high school ones, but the worst one I ever had was whenever this kid, 12 years old, uh, gets struck out. The ball looked a little outside to me. I, I won't lie. Looked a little outside to me from the field, but it's 12-year-old baseball, man. It was close enough. You, right. ro- you, robbed, it, you robbed a future Bryce Harper. No, right no, there. no. My home plate umpire did. <laughs> <laughs> and then this kid turns around, and the home plate umpire is a little bit on the chunkier side. I can't lie. The kid turns around and goes, 
You fat bastard. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Hell Instantly yes. wrong. Instantly wrong. You fat bastard. <laughs> uh, it's a 12-year-old too. Wow. Fuck a yeah. 12-year-old turn. You fat bastard. You know he walked home. Like when he went home that night, he cried into his pillow. It's like a fucking 12-year-old just talked on me in front of so many people. He was definitely the topic at the dinner table that night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the worst one I can think of recently, though, is... I was going to say what team it was. I, I won't say what team it was, what high school it was. Yeah, no free plugs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. No, but um, crazy. anyway, my, uh, my home plate umpire halfway through the game takes a foul ball off the wrist, ended up, I think it was breaking his wrist. I never took, checked back in with him, but he had to leave the game. So I'm solo on this field, umpiring it. And it's this, uh, this dribbler goes down the third baseline, the bottom half of the seventh inning, which if you know anything about high school baseball, Bottom seventh. It's the end of the game. They're down by three. They have the bases loaded. Uh-oh. Um, two outs, bottom of the seventh, like high leverage moment. Uh, the kid at home plate just, uh, he dribbles it down the third baseline. It's like kind of right on the line, kind of chopping. And the kid who's leading off from third just reaches out and grabs the baseball. Toss it back to the pitcher. And I like look and I go, I don't want to do this, but I have to. And I have to call him out um, for interference. Interference, yeah. yeah. So call him out and... Coaches are livid. Players are livid. And I go, man, I don't want to do it. The, the ball was dribbling down the third baseline. It was in foul territory. But I like, at high school fields, you don't know what patch of dirt it's going to hit and it's going to kick it back into right. fair territory. Yeah. If it's behind the third baseline on like the home plate side, you can't touch that baseball. It's, it's as simple as that. It touches the baseball. I call him out. It ends the game. Oh, my Coaches God. are going no. livid. And I'm walking off the field. And this mom who... I don't want to say she'd been drinking wine all game, but I have a feeling she'd been drinking wine all game. But <laughs> she was pouring into her Diet Coke cans. It was a Yeti. Was a Yeti. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure, she's got mixies. Oh, she was oh, pounding yeah. drinks. And she like. just goes, read a goddamn rule book. And I go, I just look at her. And I, I don't even know what to say. I'm just looking at her. And I go, okay. And I walk off the field, and she's just talking all this crap. I'm like, I'm not going to get in a fight with a parent here. I have one game left. Right. I got another <laughs> game to umpire. Um, but she was just living at me, like, looking at me as I'm walking off the field, like, eh, and then I get back on the field for game two, and she's behind the fence, just like, eyeing oh me down. Like, oh, I, that's, that's the worst you usually get is because, like, you have to walk through the parents to get back to your car right, to change sure. out, and they'll give you those little comments, and those are the ones that just, like, I made the right call. You read the rule book. Right. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Where is your rule book? Tell, you tell your please? fucking kid to read one. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? No, you, you'll usually get one or two, like, good, and by good, I mean bad, parent interactions a year. And, like, yeah. I don't want to say you live for those, but they are fun to tell stories about. Like, I'm here. Like, right. thank God I finally got a chance to tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> what if she yell at you said, you fat bastard. <laughs> Gone. Gone, dude. Your kid's out, too. Fuck your kid. No, man. Actually, actually what, what I'd realistically do is, in a, like, legitimately, whenever I have a problem with a parent, I will go talk to the coach, and I will say, Coach, deal with her right now, or I'm throwing you out of this baseball game. Wow. Yeah, that's how you go pull it off. So you go talk to the that's coach, coach and say, hey, it's not my problem to deal with these fans. I'm here to do the baseball game. But if you don't get this in check, it's affecting the game, and I'm just going to toss you out of this game for it. And Hell yeah. There's some real leverage. Yeah, no, those, those parents yeah. usually are not problems the rest of the game. 
So or wow. I'm thinking other than the coach, just find out who their star player is and threaten to throw him out. Uh, that would feel a little wrong. <laughs> I didn't say it felt right. Going back to rigged. Yeah, going back rigged? to rigged. Right. I, hey, I didn't say it felt right. Hey, you know you're starting. Saying, you're gonna get that problem handled. You know that starting pitcher? He's been dealing no hitter through six. His ass is on the line. Just <laughs> says shut up. So shut your fucking pie hole. Your drunk pie hole. Um, <laughs> Allegedly <know>. drunk. <laughs> Did you see the red the ring around her? <laughs> um, I don't know. I you kind of prove my point, like. Refereeing and umpiring is a job that I don't want to do, and it's hard. Okay, there's a reason why there's a shortage everywhere, and like, yeah, I get it that these refs in the NFL and you know college basketball and college football they get they get paid, you know, but it's like that's a job I would never ever want to do, even for like youth ball. Yeah, it's getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. You get twelve year olds insulting your weight. Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> bad okay <laughs> i don't need a 12 year old kid to call me a fat bastard i already know they were, <laughs> mean, they were mean enough when i was 12 i don't need to hear it at 28 right. <laughs> and like and the other thing too is in my experience like i have a nephew who plays you know like eight-year-old ball and it's like whenever whenever there's a game you get done with the game you make it a point to go up to the ump and say thank you right like i appreciate listen you don't get paid dirt you get paid shit to be here, except Elijah, he makes bang. Uh, yeah, how much do you make? I mean, uh, you don't actually have to say that. Really, say you don't have to say that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an open book. I, we've been campaigning for more paid in Lincoln than in, Omaha gets paid more than Lincoln, which is awful. That's bullshit. Huh. We, you're the capital. <laughs> no, we, we just conglomerated a couple uh, umpiring organizations in Lincoln into one to hopefully hold more leverage over the high school. So we'll see how huh. that goes. But uh, in Lincoln, it depends on the level. Uh, reserve baseball, freshman baseball, I'm making 55 a game. Later base. Uh, JV is usually 65 a game, and then it's usually 70 a game for varsity. Okay. And it, it varies based on the high school, what district you're in. If you go outside of Lincoln, like the little small towns, they'll usually pay you a little bit better. But again, so 10 bucks not, an not inning. enough. 10 bucks an inning ish. Ish. Okay. Yeah. You ever speed the innings up just to make it so you're like making more money per hour? <laughs> 12 view <It's>, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> it's integrity. Hey. All right. A little outside. <laughs> Swing the bat. Well, see, I, I do it because like I remember high school sports, and I remember how important some of those games feel in the moment. So right. I want to go out there and give a, a good performance, just because like I understand like there's bragging rights. Sometimes you got that friend on the team over there, oh, yeah. and you're gonna hold bragging rights with them for the entire year if you beat them. But then, oh, a bad umpire call screws that over. Like I remember how important that feels. So I never want to be the guy sure. who's making that wrong call. So I I usually don't try to do that, but there are the occasional times where I go like, "Hey man, thirteen to one in the fifth year, right. uh, we're about to get run rule. Let's just yeah swing that thing, here. yeah, yeah, swing the bat, right. swing the bat." So you say you're an open book. What I mean, what's your eyesight? Twenty twenty then, right? No, not even close. <laughs> I wear contacts, brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. No, that, that's the funny thing. Um, my uh, eye doctor, his son played for the Waverly baseball team a couple years ago, and he'd see me. And I'd be like, hey, I hope you did a good job in that eye appointment this year. Right? <laughs> right. I'm calling balls and strikes. Your son's on the bump. Like You've got eyes on, on the line now. here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone says, get your eyes checked, Ump. And you point at the eye doctor like. He's right there. He sponsors the Don't. team. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't me. Okay. I, li- I liked how we, we segued all that into Yeah, that worked experience. out. Yeah, it was beautiful. Okay. Um, so it's currently a dead period for recruiting for Nebraska football. But before the dead period hit, um, they managed to get a um, commit on the D-line. Sua Lefotu, right? Nailed it. Yep. Nailed it. All right. Is this the start of the Pauly Pipeline? 
Maybe. We keep saying that every year. Poly Pipeline, Poly Pipeline. There's a Poly that I really want, and he's the number one recruit in the country. Ooh. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> no names. Huh? No, no names. names. Don't no, need to. No, no, no. Um, so, you, they need a lot of help on the D-line. But, of course, like him being an f- incoming freshman, he's obviously not going to play. But you just need to build up that depth. You say um, obviously, but with the injuries we've seen the last year. So. Well, and let's, let's also <laughs> not I don't know it. if it's that obvious. I mean, Sue is a kid that played for the number one high school yes, team in the nation. In the country. Like, like a very, very good high school team. St. John Bosco. Yes. Free John shout Bosco. out. I'm looking at his page right now. Yeah, no. So, I mean, like, <laughs> you look at the competition that the number one team in the, uh, in the country plays. Uh, if you guys remember Brock Bando a couple of years yep. ago. Yep. Uh, I went to high school with him. He was my graduating class before he transferred off to IMG. I was still a little salty about that. We would have had a great offensive line senior year if he would have stuck around. I digress. Anyway. <laughs> I digress. Uh, he goes off to IMG, and, like, the dudes that those, like, top 10 teams in the, in the country are playing – are different types of dudes. Like, yeah. yeah, they'll occasionally get the team that's just a rollover team. They're, it's a district foe. You got to play them. But for the most part, these guys are not playing your Lincoln Southeast and Lincoln Southwest. They're playing teams full of 10, 15 guys that are going to go end up being D1. Not to say they're, they're D1 right now, but he might, and I don't have any insight here, he might have a, a, a leg up on some of these other recruits coming oh, in just yeah. based on the type of talent that he played in high school. Not Louisville, right? The, the hey, competition in Louisville is way geez. better. I, uh, I played football. At Louisville. And he was on the offensive line. No. <laughs> I was, he was uh, Ezekiel Elliott playing center. I was a receiver DB. Uh, I played starting in sixth grade, and I played through my senior year. Do you want to know how many wins I got? <laughs> Take more, more two, than one. I got two and one. I'll go four. Zero. I got zero. No. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, through six, through six years of football. Nah. Yeah, six years of football. I got exactly zero wins. Uh, I did. Um, I, my highlight reel consists of uh, my first varsity catch. I am heels on the sideline, catch it, fall right out of bounds. Thank God, because I was about to get smoked. Uh, thank God. Uh, and then it was an interception. I tipped a pass away. That is my huddle highlight reel is exactly 12 seconds long. So would you be a three or four star? <laughs> if you ask me. I would give myself five, but if you ask any reasonable recruiter, half a star. No, <laughs> half. My, I was gonna go negative. You guys are really <laughs> positive on me. We got all star and half a star. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go negative. I appreciate that. You were you were a grinder. You guy who did it the right way. Yeah, I was a real glue guy. Yeah. Real glue guy. That's a walk on to me. For, yeah. First in, last to leave. Yeah, Coach's son. Bell, yeah. Right? White. What was funny is <laughs> sneaky athletic. Bill Belichick just DM'd me on Twitter. <laughs> What? No, yeah, I was I was first there. I was last to leave, even though the coach or coaches kept asking me to just get the fuck out. <laughs> we but can't I stayed. Cut anybody. I, I stayed. It's an eleven man team. We got thirteen guys. <laughs> okay, we haven't won a game in six years. Why are you still here? Yeah. go home, spend time with your family. Oh God, I wish I wish I could go back to high school and just look at myself and be like, stop. It's only pain. <laughs> You're not going to have any fun here. Hey, if there's any credit to you, hey, Louisville, they're a Legion baseball team. One of my favorites, Stompire. Hey, I, I got two state championships with them. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. they're a good time. Oh, the, not asking for compliments, but they are welcome. And uh, I believe your coach is the sheriff of Louisville. Is that correct? Monty Dagonar. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Cass County Sheriff. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a yeah. sheriff name. Monty no. Dagonar. And I know there is one, uh, one of my favorite coaches to umpire for. Great dude all around. Oh, dude, he's so nice. Yeah. He's actually awesome a really good dude. dude. And I know there is uh, a listener who listens to every episode. I do have to give him one free shout out. Oh, my God. I'm going to Venmo him later. Venmo request. His name is Jake Curtis. Oh, oh, that guy. I know that guy. Yeah. He also played for that Louisville Legion team. 
um, was not there when I got the the championships. Those were younger. yeah. Nobody younger was, days. were they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, she went. She went to a different school. She's from Canada. Um, but no, yeah. So that's that's funny. He's gonna love that reference to Monty Dagonar. Okay. Speaking of local talent, I guess kinda. Jesus. <laughs> um, last last week, um, I had the privilege of of meeting one head coach. Matt Rule. I saw this on Twitter. Yeah, sure, sure. The crowd's going nuts. Class for me, right? Class for me. Um, Yeah, I I was tipped off like the day before. Hey, big man, coming tomorrow morning. And so, were they calling you big man? No, No, I couldn't. I'm making sure we weren't still on the weight comments. I'm not worthy. Are you big man for another reason? You're the fucking TikTok king. Shit. (laughs) You are the big man. Hi TikTok. Hi people. Um, so yeah, I, it was a very, um, like there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Like there was a lot of people, you know, talking around him and there was a circle. So I'm just like, I could tell it was the, the tail end of his visit and he, he's kind of wanting to get out of there. He's inching towards the door. Yeah. It's like, mm. it's like, Hey, do you mind, do you mind if we just get a picture real quick right in front of the T? The he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. Yeah. Come on. So it's like this dude, and I had made a video, you know, he's, he's going around all around the state. And you could tell he's he's tired, okay? Like he, not saying that he's had enough of it, but he's like exhausted, right, let's, physically let's, exhausted. Let's not bother him too much because like he's got places to be and all that shit, right? Um, but yeah, it was just a very low key. Like he was a very cool guy, and Ed Foley was there too. Didn't really get to talk with him much, but you could tell that he just has that personality. He of course talked today um, a lot. Yeah, you could just tell he's very relatable. Um, but like with the things that Matt rule is doing, you would think that he was the native Nebraskan, not the dude before him, Scott. And it's like, it's, he's from New Jersey. I mean, you would think that he was from Wood River from all the shit that he's doing. And it's just like, so simple. All the things he's doing. I love Nebraska. Like that's such an how, easy thing to say. How simple, how simple is that? And it means so much because it's just like, wow, Nebraska gets a lot of shit for being a state in the middle of nowhere and it's cold. Like we actually have a coach who likes being here and he like promotes it mm. and he, 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 he professes his love for it. And it's like, why couldn't the dude who's actually from Nebraska do any of that? Anyway, it just means a lot from a native Nebraskan. It's awesome to see. I, I think the difference there is he gives a shit. Again, yeah. our, our former head coach, Scott, did not. I, he proved that to us over the course of, like, what, five and a quarter years? Well, like we always say. Four and a quarter. Four and a quarter? Yeah. Whatever. At, at the beginning of his tenure, everyone's got hope. And this is going to be awesome. He's the savior, whatever. But it's just over the course of four-ish years, it dropped off. You know, the losses piled up, and I think he was just like, you know what? I don't, I don't see it happening here. Well, I, you know? I, I'm not sure it was a case of him not giving a shit about the university. I think he, like, I mean, I think it's similar to any alumni who played here, especially back in the, the quote-unquote glory days. Like, I think he's got a lot, lot of love in his heart for Nebraska, but I don't think whenever he was at Nebraska, his number one concern was Nebraska. Yes. I, I, I think mm. he was, a, was big about the personal brand of Scott Frost. Waitresses. Oh, yeah. it, it, what? Waitresses. 
Well, <laughs> oh, I'm, no. not, I'm not. I'm going to keep yet. going there. <laughs> no. Elijah, you don't have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does it every week, and we still I, don't talk about. Yeah, it. I still bring it up every single week. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this here because I don't think I can say it on the radio station, but I, I, I can confirm this. Um, and we can pull this out too if you don't want to. I, I don't think you'll have to. It's, okay. it's, it's a decent story. So I know a girl who was uh, she was a cart girl for a celebrity golf tournament. I won't say the golf course. Mm-hmm. I won't say the girl's name either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good, obviously, smart man. Um, but she was just getting—I don't want to say hounded by Scott Frost, but a little bit hounded by Scott Frost, where he like made a Snapchat account just to talk to her, oh, like trying to like hit her up, and like eventually yikes. she had to like block him. And this girl is. You're, ass- you're assuming around that age. Yeah. She has to be at least 19 if she's serving booze. Yeah. So n- nothing illegal. Yeah. Well, well, immoral, maybe. But yeah. Yeah. Hashtag questionable. Hashtag canceled? Question mark? NFL radio. I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah. We've, we've heard stories about. There's a the, lot of the, stories. The not coaching. You know, yes. not grinding. Yes. The, the showing up to board meetings in a Hawaiian shirt with a chew in your mouth. Like, come on, man. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm sure there's embellishments, embellishing oh, the truth on sure. some of this stuff. Yeah. At the end of the day, he just wasn't a grinder. Let's just. Yes. Like, that's that, a great way to that's put a, it. He wasn't a grinder. And I, I think, Matt he, I think he had this mentality after he left UCF of I've made it. Yes. Right. I, I, we, oh, yeah. Right. We, we were the undefeated national champs last year. Everyone knows Scott Frost. I'm the, the savior for Nebraska. Like. People know who the hell Scott Frost was. I think he had this this thought in his mind that I have made it. I'm oh, yeah. off to Nebraska. I don't have to put in the same work that I used to because I'm Scott Frost now. Recruits are going to come to play for Scott Frost, not because mm-hmm. I have to put in the work on their green trail. Yep. The, the offense is going to work because it's me calling the offense. It's going to work. Who does that remind you of? Deion Sanders. I was Bingo. literally just about to fucking say that. Uh, I was so excited when he said maybe. recruits got to, they're going to come play for me. Elijah, the first time I have is Deion. What are your What are your thoughts on Coach Prime? Do you think Do you think he's going to work at Colorado? This might be a hot take based on what I just heard. I actually do think it will work to a point. And I'm not saying that he's going to bring back Colorado to what they were under McCartney. Right. But I think this, the amount of hype and the amount of talent that he can bring in there, he, he can get Colorado to a bowl game. He can get Colorado to respectable. I'm not saying he's going to go win the Pac-12 with Colorado, but I think he can do enough at Colorado that the, A, the Colorado fans will be happy, and B, he'll do well enough to eventually go get a shot somewhere bigger. And right. That's where he'll fail, I think. I think he'll just do well enough at Colorado, especially with some of the staff that he has surrounded himself with. I don't think it's going to be a crash and burn like one and 11 type year, you know, where he's, yeah, yeah. He, he ends up getting fired four games into year three because he's winless and his team looks terrible. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll have a, a relatively solid team at Colorado. Colorado will be more respectable. And then eventually he'll get a, a, a step up to a higher level at which point he will fail because now you're going against the big dogs. So it'll be something like, yeah, he did this at Colorado with lesser, you know, resources and talents and stuff. So we're going to take him to this big school where he's got all the resources and all the talent. And then that's where you find the failure. The uh, Oregon uh, state treatment. If you, yeah, but I, I think, I think Dion to his credit is a grinder. I think through his NFL career and through his early coaching career, he has proven that he is a grinder. And you can even go back to his television career too, where he, I mean, he was on NFL network for like every single show. He was good. On five NFL years. Yeah. He was good. I, I think he is a, a hard worker. I just think there's a point where, hard work and like magic in a bottle eventually will run out and you need to have a coaching acumen if you want to make it at the high level. So, but we'll see what happens with Colorado, but I don't think that's going to be a crash and burn situation with Dion. Yeah. So I actually, I, it's a two part question. Mm-hmm. Uh, first in three years, do you see Colorado getting to seven wins in a season within three years, within three years? Yeah. I don't see why not, especially whenever you 
Notice the fact that USC and UCLA are going to be out of the Pac-12 yeah. here soon. That'll so. be convenient for them, right? All right. Pretty All convenient right. for Colorado. And, I mean, you should be able, Colorado, to at least get three wins on your non-conference. Go 500 in conference play. Yeah. Seven-win season. That doesn't sound too out of the picture for Dion. Okay, so I need to text my bookie and tell him that was a joke. Um, second, question, <laughs> uh, second question, do you think with, like you, you just mentioned, you know, Dion has, you know, his TV personality and all that. Do you think him knowing that he has that safety net, because he knows, do you think that might detract from what he puts into the Colorado job because he knows no matter what, he's got something to fall back on? Because this isn't the end-all, be-all of Deion Sanders. It's not. I think a different type of person, maybe. But I, I look at Dion, and as we mentioned, like I think he's a hard worker. I think he's a grinder. I don't think he wants to fall back in, in TV. I mean, like, with his money that he's going to be making from Colorado, a potential if, buyout. Like, if they can pay him. He, I mean, he's not going to have yeah. he, he doesn't have to work. With right. an NFL career, like what you've done in TV, like you don't have to work. You're Deion Sanders, but he is choosing to work and, and be a college football coach because I think it's a it's a pride thing for right. him. Like, right, it's an you, ego thing. It's an ego thing. It's a pride thing. Like, I'm going to go make it work at Jackson State. Let's figure it out. I'm going to go build some young men. And he realized, you know what? I might have a, a future in this coaching thing. Let's go try it out. I think it's a pride thing at this point, and I think he's still unproven enough as a head coach that he's not going to want to fall back. I mean, a, a couple failures as a head coach could lead you to, to go back into TV, but I, I think right now he's all in on this. And especially with just the national attention that he's getting. I mean, every single college football talk show, every, every single sports talk show around the country is talking about Deion Sanders to Colorado. So I think there's enough pressure and eyes and he loves all that. that. though. He does love that. Yes. But I, I just think there's enough, like, I don't know. People talk about the coaching tactics that he's using here and being like, oh, he's going to fail. Look at how stupid their team meetings are. Well, Colorado's kind of in a program where they need just someone to come in and be a military-style leader. Right. Like, yeah. like, would I enjoy it? No. Would those players enjoy it? Probably maybe. not. <laughs> well, maybe, probably not. But like, they were one in eleven last year. Yeah, they, they, they have they, nothing. They, they, they need a change in, in some sense, and if that is going military style and taking these guys down to their fundamental, like let's take away the individual from a football team. Like, if you want to play, you have to do it our way. We're going to strip that away from you. That might be what Colorado needs right now. I think uh, again, conspiracy, Connor, right here. I saw the clips of you know stand up, say whatever the hell they were saying. I don't remember. Um, we coming. I'm a man. We coming. That was it. <laughs> I'm coming. And all the comments on this video were like, those are the kind of meeting or meetings where those players are going to walk away. As soon as that coach leaves the room, they're going to make fun of him. Mm-hmm. And that's going to build camaraderie. Is it being done intentionally? Mm. Are we going to be cringy just to make sure our teammates are sitting here like, dude, that shit was so lame. Uh, and then just like, they're going to create this kind of friendship and they're going to play harder together. I don't know. And on that note, I think, uh, I am, I'm out of beer. So we're going to step away and talk about how cringy this episode has been so far. Uh, it's been great. (laughs) No, we're good. I I just, I just need more beer and we got to reset the camera. So yeah, check that out. Okay. Boom. Uh, We have a saying, no block, no rock. Uh, Speaking of Dylan Raiola, because we totally were talking about him before. Um, every coach, I think nine of besides, them. besides the rule Meister went to go visit him. And Elijah, you were, you were just saying earlier before we got on air, you're on the radio for two hours a day. <laughs> you got to find shit to talk about. Are you sick of talking about Dylan Riola yet? Yes and no. <laughs> okay, go on. On one hand, it's a nice backup plan to have, or sometimes like we go like, I'm not sure what we're going to do with this segment. 
We go, boom, Dylan Ryle. Never right fails. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed right it. That's where we're dropping it. People are going to listen. But like, and it's it's also not my first go around with like recruiting like this. I remember when Fedoni was still in high school, we had a, a Fedoni watch segment every single week. In front, we had a Wandale watch segment every single week. Mm. And now we're getting to Ryle watch. Like, I get it. I'm used to it. That's the guy who's a crown jewel of a recruiting class. But also at the same time, I go, this is now like six months. Like, I, yeah. we, like we were hitting it hard before he committed to Ohio State. And they were like, oh, okay. We're good. <laughs> All right. Like, I, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but, like, we can talk about the football season now. We can be back to normal. Then he decommits, and I go, Psych! It's going to be a fun six months here talking <laughs> about Dylan Ryola with, like, no one actually really knowing anything. Yeah. All right. Like, he, you'll have, like, the so, occasional sports uh, media member around here who's, like, got Dom's number and, like, thinks they have the inside scoop. Well, I, should, yeah, I shouldn't say that. Even them simple. I, should, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say, like, thinks they have the inside scoop, but, like, we'll get, like, the occasional update, and, like, no one's really in the know on this. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, so, it's a crapshoot. Like, who knows? Like, for the most part, like, the, the most we can do is really, like, oh, he tweeted something. Like, let's go read way too in-depth on that and see yeah. what we think about it. He changes at AVI or AVI on Twitter. Oh, oh that was so yeah. – that, that was, like, embarrassing because it's right after that, that poor girl, like, passed away yeah. in the car yeah. crash. And everyone's going, like, he's going to Georgia. It's in his – I'm like, that's not it. Like, the dude's yeah. paying, like, respect to somebody who recruited him and he had a personal relationship. But that was, that was yes. just, like, one of those things yeah. where I was embarrassed scrolling through Twitter as a Husker fan, like, seeing all those people going, like – well, he's clearly going to Georgia. Like, oh my God. So, just, yeah. Hear ah. like, me out here. You had Wandale watch. Uh-huh. The Riola radar. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a, oh yeah, shit. That, that's a freebie for do you. you. To, I don't have to pay you? No, no. but just shout out the NBNR podcast a lot. Like, I don't know, three 30 hey. second ads a week. <laughs> you, know, you can pay for those. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Great point. That's why I'm saying you can pay for it because I do a radio show, dude. We're in the same, same boat here. Yes. Man, he just got done talking about how it was embarrassing for him to be a Nebraska fan seeing all this these tweets or whatever, these misguided tweets, and now you come up with all, his own fucking name of the segment. It's <laughs> just like, I'm sure Dylan's just like, dude, leave me alone. God damn. <laughs> I just want to enjoy my senior year, my senior year, bang some bitches, oh, go to prom, you know? No, I've so actually, like, no, those number one recruits, they're like, come on. They like, yeah, being, they oh, like yeah. being the limelight. Oh, oh, come no, on. I, oh, yeah. I've been, uh, over the last three months, creating a bunch of fake Tinder profiles and just trying to catfish them. <laughs> <laughs> We match. The first thing I say is just GBR. Uh, you uh, should be a cart you, you, you understand that he's not 18 years old yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's, it's not that, illegal to catfish. It's not, it's not the first time we've had to talk about <laughs> no, It's not illegal to catfish. But then Chris Hansen walking in, sit down. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> oh, my God. Chris walks in and it's just immediately like, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you tell him this. Normally, I, I prefer back to our No, I don't. <laughs> I hide that shit. That's two. Yeah, that's two. <laughs> oh, thank God. Well, like, imagine national television. Yeah, we found these seven Tinder profiles we've been using to try to lure Dylan Ryle. The, they're oh, all God. based in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, stop it! Stop! The bio is just, I'm a huge Husker fan. And every single Look. one of them is a girl with a mustache. Location, Nebraska Brewing Company, 108th and Harrison. Yeah, oh, I, I got to get better with my location details. <laughs> It's so oh, specific. God damn oh, it. God. Yes, we, we have to remember, guys, every time we talk about Dylan Riola, he's not even 18 years he's old. He's a minor. Yes. <laughs> when you said it like that, that was creepy. God. That got weird quick. He's a minor. Oh, my God. What really, the fuck? I'm just building a brand over here. And oh not a good God. one. Not a good one. You're rooting a brand. <laughs> Wait, you're that guy that likes my... 
Dylan Riola. Oh, Dylan Riola. Sorry. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. Yeah, let's get off this. So, um, being that it is basketball season, Nebraska, Nebraska ball season, unfortunately. It is? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Fred Hoiberg's job. Look, I know that if we took a poll, if we went around this table, if we asked, is his job safe this year? Like, is he going to coach next year? I think the majority of people would say yes. Um, Elijah, do you, do you agree with that sentiment? Like, from a literal level? And do you also agree with it on, like, a personal level? Like, do you want him to come back? Like, what are your feelings on Hoiberg keeping his job or not keeping his job? That's a loaded question. Um, hey, that's, there, there, there's a lot there. Yeah, there is. I will say from – I'll start with the personal sense. Like, whenever Nebraska hired Fred Hoiberg, it was very much like same after Frost where he went, well, if this guy can't turn around, nobody can. Home run. And you watched the first couple years and you went – yeah, like, there's something there. Like, this looks different than a Husker basketball we've ever seen, but there was no future with it, it felt like. Right. Where, yeah, you have Cam Matt come in for a year and record a triple-double and never pass the ball any other time. Um, or, like, like there, there's always been flashes of talent and flashes of promise with this team, but it's never come together fully until this year where you start going, oh, Fred has amended his roster. He's built a defensive lineup that should succeed in the Big Ten. But, like... At the end of the day, Fred Hoiberg is an offensive basketball coach, and we are now four years deep on the Fred Hoiberg experience, and he has not once put together an offense that's impressed me. Yeah, the, right. the, the, the whole selling point on Fred Hoiberg was, like, he can put up 90 points a game. That's going to come in and revolutionize the Big Ten. Whoever heard that before? Um, mm-hmm. right. this, this fancy offense yeah. is going to come revolutionize the Big Ten. Then you get into the Big Ten, you realize, no, you know what? They have this way they play for a reason. Yes, Physicality, right? And to Fred's credit, he went and changed his whole system this offseason. Went and got, um, I mean, Linzer's a defensive-minded head or assistant coach. Went and brought in a defensive-minded lineup that was going to make things tough. And you saw the potential there for a year until Bandamel and Gary go down. And now you look at it, and like I'm pretty much out on this Husker basketball season. And I, I, mm-hmm. I cover the team, so I don't want to like, like be like, oh, I'm not going to watch any more games. I'm going to watch the games. It's my job. But like from a, a, a from a point point of view of having positive thoughts about this team and like rooting for this team, quote unquote, which I don't root with my job, but like it makes my job a hell of a lot more fun whenever the Huskers are winning. Sure. Like I'm out on it. Like I don't have any vested interest anymore. If the Husker basketball team loses, you know what? For the most part, Husker nation doesn't care that much. You go baseball seasons around the corner. Matt rules here. Like Mm -hmm. this season looked good until it didn't. So from a personal point of view, I would say like that was a very long way to say like, I've been disappointed with what Fred Hoiberg has been, but I do think he earned himself another year. But now that's very much in the balance for me because if you go and lose every single game, what's just remaining on your schedule, which I think is possible yeah. with, with what this team looks like right now, you could go could lose be. every single game. They will. I think they are going to. Like who the hell after that finish is going to look at themselves seriously next summer or next fall and say, you know what? I want Husker basketball season tickets next year. Mike. Um, there's one. Two yeah. Mike, like, like, but They're like, only $300 cause, cause for two like, tickets to but, set up top for you know, cut, no booster. So this is the question that like Trev has to ask, some, ask himself for the next couple of weeks is like, are we still going to put butts in the seats at Pinnacle Bank Arena? Because if you can, if, if Trev says, you know what, I think there's enough promise here that we're still going to have fans in the stands and we're still going to be able to make our money, that's enough for me to keep Trev out, or to, to keep Fred Hoiberg around. But like, if you're worried about season tickets and selling tickets and having a full PBA next year, 
it might be time for him to go. Simply like the, the fans have been more sparse recently than they were to start the year. There was a lot more excitement. And like by year five, do people finally go, I'm out on this. Serving alcohol is not enough. Yeah. Well, you know, so, it's just not when like, like, they're like, that, that's $10 a piece. No, not really. That, that's what it comes down to for me is like, if you would have asked me three weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, Fred's back for another year. But now I look at it and I go, if you really close this year, how I think you might close this year, there's not much promise with this basketball team because your best players are on the way out. And now you're stuck with, I don't want to say stuck with there's, they're very good basketball players, but Jamarcus Lawrence and Denim Dawson, Blaze Ketta, like those guys aren't ready to lead the team next year. Well, like no. what's, what's in the tank for the future. And that's, that remains to be seen through this final stretch of the season. So there, there's still a lot in question for me with Fred Hoiberg. So, and ultimately it's just like, we we've talked about this. It's like, you know, this whole transfer portal era and like bringing in one year guys and things like that. Like the only reason Fred Hoiberg is in the position that he's in right now is because his roster retainment has been trash. Mm -hmm. It's every year there's new dudes that are going to be out in the following year and you just don't build any sort of depth or any sort of leadership because it's new guys every single year. It's just a resolving, it's just a revolving door. You can finish a team with the transfer portal. You can't build a team. With right. The transfer right. Portal. Exactly. And that's, that's what remains to be seen with these final 12 games is can you use the transfer portal to finish this team? Is there enough promise that you think that this team could be back in like a couple pieces could fix it? Or is it going to be a question of, man, we have to do a whole bunch of work this offseason to go build a team with the transfer portal? If, it, if it's that, I think Fred's gone. Yeah. I um, And I love Fred. Like, I think Fred's been very stand-up. I think he's a very smart basketball mind. But, like, at some point in time, you have to go, it's not working here. And if we reach the point where it's, you know what, we need to the, hit the transfer portal hard this offseason just to have a team that's competitive next year, it, it's time to find somebody new. Yeah. I'm going to make you guys uh, somewhat happy and then a lot of sad. Uh, so Fred Hoiberg, since he's been at Nebraska, has never regressed as a coach. He has won as many, if not more, games every season. Mm. Um, his first two seasons, he had seven wins. He's yeah. currently 21-22. Uh, he had 10. He's currently at 10 wins this season with eight to 10 games left to go. I'm not looking at their schedule. Here's where I'm going to make you sad. His predecessor, Tim Miles, mm. his worst season at Nebraska, worst ever, was 12 wins with his top season being 22. And I, it, it's tough for me. I want to say, Hoiberg, I want to give him another year, but I've been through this with other coaches recently that, you know, I wanted to give another year. Yeah. <laughs> after, oh, yeah, we won't at, let you forget. And yeah, then after that year, I wanted to give him another. The close corner. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm hesitant. Uh, we'll see. I, I'm hoping to get, you know, 12 wins out of the season, which would be two more throughout the rest of the remainder of the season. And well, it would be improvement from last year. And it would be. Um, however. <laughs> oh, you're set up to go 500 next year. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. And that's 7 to 10 to 12. 14's coming. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's really where, you know, the issue lies is while there's improvement, if the improvement is still below 500, does it fucking matter? Yeah. Does it? Let me, let me guys ask you this. And I think this is the, the most simple question you're going to get probably this whole week. Do you think Fred Hoiberg is the guy? No, probably not. I don't think so. By guy, do you mean like the guy that can go win at least one NCAA tournament? Game? One. Can he be the guy? Be the best ever. Can he be the guy that gets the statue of himself built outside PBA because he won a single NCAA tournament game. Is he the guy to do that? 
Can we start a GoFundMe that just continues to rack up until we get a coach that wins us one goddamn game in the tournament? Well, and then whatever that amount is, we'll just give it to you. No, I don't no, care. No, no, don't give it to them. Give it to the number one recruit in the country. Yeah. 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 NIL, baby. Who's who's the Dylan Riola of basketball that we can stock? Well, we don't have and one that has <laughs> Nebraska ties. <laughs> okay, I was yeah. talking about this with my roommate, like, literally last week. He was like, if I could just set up a recurring payment, $20 every single month to the 1890 Collective, and it goes to Dylan Riola, I'd do it. Yeah. $20 every month out of his paycheck. And I went... That's crazy because, like, I'd probably do the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Dylan Rayola, go get that guac. You've earned it. Chipotle, that extra, you know, $1.50, whatever it is now, go get that but guac. If you can get You've earned 50% it. of the state of Nebraska to do that, you know how many millions of dollars we're talking about they could go to recruit? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you could build a whole team off that. If the whole, like, I shouldn't say whole, if 50% of the state of Nebraska put down, that'd be, uh, let's see, let's, let's keep it easy, $10 a month, $120 a year times 50% of the state of Nebraska, we're talking millions of Six dollars. Million right. Yeah. yeah. Matt Davison. Yeah, but I don't, guys. I don't want to pay Matt Davison. That's the problem. <laughs> Those collectives are a little You sketchy. hear his fucking voice on the radio? It's a collective. Yes. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. Shut up. Those ads. Why are you still Those here? ads pay for my salary, so I will. Yeah, I'm hey, you're yeah. staying away <laughs> from that. For the record, Elijah Herbal loves Matt Davison. Loves, loves 18. Listen. Loves him. Loves him. Loves him. Their best. I, my opinion about Fred Hoiberg <laughs> so you're all, all over there. <laughs> is this is the worst Power Five basketball program of all time. Ever, okay? ever, ever. Fred had the trajectory I think this year, and there was a team that was respectable on the court. So to me, I think that alone earns him another year. Not to mention that buyout is hefty. Mm-hmm. We're already paying former head coach Scott a lot of money to yeah. live in Arizona right now. So do you really want to pay Fred or just roll the dice one more time? Because you already are the worst Power 5 program of all time. What What is waiting one more year to see if he gets magic in a bottle? You know, I, I like exactly what you just said. Nebraska basketball historically is, an, as you know, as a Nebraska fan, and while I'm a Duke fan first. No, you're a don't, famous guy. Don't sugarcoat I, it. Say yeah. it. Don't sugarcoat it. Because ne- it's the facts. Nebraska basketball sucks. Yes. It sucks. The wor- like, not is, sucks. Is the, the worst, worst Power yes. 5 ever basketball yes. program of all time. Yeah, so is holding out for one more year of shit worth it? I would say absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. What, right. what, it, what do you have to lose? No, Nothing. They're, all 35 fans that are there religiously <laughs> are still going to be there. Like, they, yeah, Mike, I know you're one of them. They're you're still, still going to be there. Are? <laughs> because you're gluttons for punishment. And I appreciate that. Just, about you. Just but they're not going to leave. See, I work with Schmitty, so I have to do this because that man will keep on talking. Wait, no offense. Yeah. I love Schmitty. I no, told you guys off I, air. I, commercial I, break. Like, yeah, I, I put the guys, finger up all the time. I, I told you guys off air. Like, if I didn't work for Schmitty to start radio, I would not still be in radio. Um, but sometimes you got to put the finger up. Just be like, hey, Schmitty, you've been talking for a little bit here. Like, <laughs> let me jump in before you change topics. And I'm just here as plain devil's advocate. What message are you sending to a future head coach if you go out and say, you know what, this this head coach that's been terrible for us for four years, we're going to bring him back for another year. Another head coach comes away and says, oh, so you guys just don't care about basketball? Why would I want to come to Nebraska? Well, I, okay. Uh, so I was going to make this TikTok video, right? I'm, I'm like thinking of a script in my head. The title was going to be Nebraska Ball, a case study in apathy. And it's Nebraska Ball fans, players, coaches have never, ever, ever experienced success. So they they don't know what it's like to be good consistently. In Whereas Nebraska football, 
we've been in the mountaintop five mm-hmm. times and you can count all the big games that they played. Like we know what the mountaintop is. We know what the taste is like. That's why a lot of fans still want natties and they like the taste, right? Basketball is the complete opposite. Never experienced success. And so when you got Fred Hoiberg showing even the, the most minuscule amount of improvement, just a little bit, people are like, yeah, yeah, this is all right. This is good. Let, let's, let's keep on this, even though ultimately it will lead to nothing. And so if you know Fred Hoiberg isn't the guy, then why hold out any longer? If you know it's not going to work, and yeah, you can bring up money, you can bring up like other coaches looking at the program saying they don't give a fuck about basketball. Why do I want to go there? Apathy is Nebraska ball. And you're seeing it with people being content with Hoiberg being not good in the Big Ten. I mean, you look at his Big Ten record and it's just like, whoa, he's still the guy. He's still the head coach here. What is he, like 12 and 50-something? Bruh, they, we don't give a shit about basketball and it's clear. So, great point. I mean, you, you put that into better words than I ever could. Like, simply put, by keeping around, you're showing the entire basketball, like the, the whole basketball world. You know what? We're the worst Power 5 team in the country, and we know it. Yeah, we don't even care. Yeah. Like, we don't, don't even care. Really. It. Can, can I ask you guys a quick question? Mm-hmm. Yes. What was the worst fire for Nebraska? Was it Tim Miles or was it Bo Pelini? Bo. Just because of yeah. how important the Just, football program yeah. is and, to Nebraska. And again, but, I, I stand by But Tim by Miles Bo. Had, has a sustained period of at least relative success. In a better basketball conference, I should, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that. I'm going to roll with that. A better basketball conference in the Big 12. He found a sustained period yeah. of somewhat success. Mm-hmm. And Bo had somewhat success. I think, the, again, the whole thing that made Bo the bigger deal was the fact that he said, fuck the fans. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, me, that's a pretty big he one. He loved the C word, too. Yeah. So. And Tim Miles said, I'm back. Connor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he was still hanging out drinking Coors Lights after he got fired. So. If, yeah. if I got to yeah. choose who, if I had to choose between Bo or... Tim Miles, I obviously choose Bo. Just because of the stakes and all that. Yeah. But, I mean, that's I, a I choose Bo. You still have to think about it and like, damn, like Tim Miles, of course, when you compare him with Hoy Boy, it's like, shit. Maybe oh, yeah. We should, maybe we shouldn't have fired him. And that's right. what we say about Bo, too. Exactly. Well, looking at these stats side by side is actually pretty fucking disgusting. Well, and we let Tim Miles go. The amount of guys that we've had that have played for Bo Pelini on this podcast alone tell me that it, it's definitely Bo. Because of yeah. the amount of love that they have the shown players, and told well, us. Yeah. Well, well, what I'll say is that I don't believe Bo Pliny got fired for his on-field results. The, the record in the big games, that is Whatever. one thing, was Time, one argument yeah. you can make. But it was for his antics. It was yeah. for, yeah. It was it was for a the, bad look. It was for the Fairweather fans rant. It was for all his rants on the sideline. It was for him, Taylor Martinez, against Texas A&M. Like mm-hmm. that, that was why he got fired. It's so crazy to me that Tim Miles got fired for his on-court results. Yeah. yeah, there was nothing off the floor that made Nebraska fire Tim Miles. It was because he's a nice guy. It was because oh, you're not doing well enough. We've never won an NCAA tournament game ever, and you're firing him for on court results. He's over 500 all but one season. You have the stats pulled up. Uh, so he had uh, he was over 500 for uh, five seasons. He was below 500 for three. Uh, but in that 2013-14 season where we do make the NCAA tournament, we go dancing. That was the season where we took down, I believe, number three, Wisconsin. I was at that game. I rushed the court. It was great. And we took um, down, like, a top 25 Michigan State team on the road? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking, again, looking at these stats side by side between Hoiberg and Tim Miles, I, it doesn't make any sense to me 
putting Nebraska in his 17 to 18 season, we go 22 and 11. Uh, I don't understand that, especially for a Nebraska team that, again, has been perpetually irrelevant. It doesn't make sense to me to let a guy like that go. Thanks, Bill Moose. Yeah. Hey, well, the, the Moose did such good things. If it makes you feel better. Um, like showing up to work at noon every single day. <laughs> yeah. If it makes you feel better, Stay 10 for miles. three hours, he was asleep for two of them and he goes home. <laughs> 10 miles currently coaching at San Jose State, and right. the records over there are not pretty. Not great. Not true. Well, okay. You know, you know what they say about San Jose State? It's hard to recruit to California. Yeah. No. Yeah. God. Right. yeah. Nobody wants to go out there. Um, well, okay. yeah, his first season was eight and twenty-three out there. So go, so Hoiberg, right? I'll be the first one to sit here and say, when you he changed the philosophy, right? This team, especially with Gary and Benamel and Greasel, defensive-minded, tough. Hoiberg changes the philosophy, and so it's like, do wins and losses matter? Yes. Do they matter, or or is there context? And I even made a little Twitter poll, right? I said, I'm curious to know the results here. Do wins and losses matter? Or is it, eh, it's more than wins and losses. It's context too. And it's just, the results I got were 55-45 that, yes, wins and losses matter, no excuses. And it's just after so many years of hoi ball, the wins and losses I think isn't that what matters? Isn't yeah. that what in the end, like when, when people say you, we have this important game coming up. It's on the road. It's a winnable game. You gotta win that game. So hold on. So what if they lose on a buzzer beater? Uh, but but they played it so close. It's the football yeah, thing. Well, all yeah, over look, again. Football, I was just about to say that. Thing. Yeah. If all there's over again. if there's anything that I can like talk about, it's the the amount that I've learned just by sitting on this podcast with with Mike and Jared. And Connor, I, I'll speak for the both of us. We bought in so hard on the, well, we played close and we got better and, and, and I felt like we progressed and everything like that. Right. And then this year, Scott gets fired. And it's just like, if there's anything that I've learned sitting across the table with these two, it's that wins and losses absolutely is like the bar none. You, you can't look at history and just Stats. say, it's going to get better. Because of the intangibles, it's it's the wins and losses is what counts. It reminds me of that, I, that, that Trev Alberts comment, like, "Well, there's not that much evidence to back up that next year will be better." Exactly. But, yeah. Exactly. Really, at the end of the day, the University of Nebraska is a business. Yep. Yes. And if you can still get butts in the seats, if there's still enough Husker fans that say, "You know what? I believe in Fred Hoiberg," that'll do it. That's why I think the the, the context does matter because it's not about how many wins and losses you have next year if you keep tri- uh, Fred Hoiberg around. It's about if you can get people to come watch their wins and losses next season. And if you can get people into Pinnacle Bank Arena next year to watch this team based on what happens at the end of this year, the context does matter. Now, I will also say, if you lose every single game this year, it's going to be a harder sell to Husker fans. Jamarcus Lawrence and Denham Dawson and Blaze are going to have to do the Lord's work for this basketball team to convince Husker fans that it's still going to work. You but- forgot Sam Hoiberg. Stop. With reason. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, but you say the context like, matters. But, but, but if, so so if, if they go winless, if they go winless, right? We have 10 more games left. If they go winless and you say, oh, but Denim Dawson and all them really stepped up. And it's like, step still lost all what? the games. Like, you step went winless. Like, like, how much do they really step up if they still fucking lost every game? So, Elijah, like, going to your point about, well, was, I mean, it was both our points about people being mm-hmm. apathetic towards into basketball. And, you know, you say context matters, and it's like, I feel like we're talking in circles because people don't care 
about Nebraska ball because they don't win a lot. And so we're just talking ourselves in circles for the past 100 plus years. Like those years where they went four and 20. Oh, well, 10 of their losses were by two points in overtime. Well, they still fucking lost. And it's just like this never ending circle of losing, 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 losing. Oh, we lost again. We lost again. Oh, we suck again. No NCAA tournament win ever. Yeah, but they only lost by four, remember? Who cares? No, no, because they lost. Like, I just feel like it's just a never-ending thing. No wonder why we're apathetic, because we're content with the context. less than mediocrity. We're, le- we're content with less than that. We're okay with losing. As long as, it, as, long as you lose pretty, it looks good. We it's are, okay. We are content with the context. We're content with, well, we were close. And this has been going on for a 100 years ish years and that's why nebraska ball is down here i i would tell you that the number two team in the country would be content with losing to the number one by three okay but then what about we were unranked what about losing to northwestern (laughs) and what about losing to this yeah no and i'm not saying that's good but i'm saying when you when you look at it in absolutes and you have to if you say pick one win and loss column or context I think it's a loser's battle because there's no correct lose, answer. Would you rather lose? This is this. We're gonna go into this fucking. <laughs> we're gonna do would it. Would I rather lose would or win? Would you rather lose to a team that you were supposed to beat, or would you rather lose close to the best team in the country? So no matter what, I lose. Is that that's, what you're asking? That's basically what we've been doing. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's the yeah. Like you were supposed to beat Northwestern, but L. But you lost. Oh, but we were close against Purdue. I, I but it's an L. You are mistaking <laughs> Nebraska for a program that matters and saying, like, would you rather lose here or lose here? I lose no matter what. So getting any wins is a win for me. But you know, again, if I if I lose to the number one team in the country by three points, that shows me that I've got a team that can grind, that can do, like that can well, perform. This isn't the same team. That, that that we just keep we keep banging this topic. By the end of the day, you're too. Best okay. Well, let's say we start at the beginning of the year. Derek Walker was out for the beginning of the year, where they sure, they yeah. lost games they probably shouldn't have lost. Right. Then you move into the year, you win games against Creighton and against Iowa, and you're winning games on the road against Minnesota. You're winning games that Hoiberg has not won in his career at Nebraska. Right. You lose your two best defenders on the team mm-hmm. and two starters, two two of your four best yes, players, seniors. Mm-hmm. That that veteran leadership. You lose those guys. The season is done. So. In my opinion, when I'm defending Fred, that he's probably going to come back another year because the quality of basketball when those two guys were here were very good. They made me want to watch Nebraska ball. Right. They made you want to. It, it made Nebraska ball enjoying, enjoyable even if they were going to lose. So, yes, we are apathetic. We are the worst Power 5 basketball program of all time. Ever. We're going in circles over... A team that is probably going to lose 10 more games in a row. The question is, do you think Fred Hoiberg is the guy? No, probably not. Okay, but 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 you say you say no, right? Because he's been say it with me. Because he's been <laughs> losing. losing. Not because he's kept it close, right? It's because he's been losing. That I mean, that's it's a zero sum game. Either you fucking win or you don't. I say it, hey, this this isn't Pee Wee. <laughs> I say Fred Hoiberg isn't the guy because, again, like <laughs> I, I'm looking at stats in front of me, and I've seen, like, historically over the last, you know, 10, 12-year stretch, he's the worst coach we've had. Because of and, and here's the thing. The thing is, is Trev sees all of that, too. And Trev's just, like, Trev is put up on this pedestal of, like, oh, great decision-maker. He's the athletic director. Trust in Trev. 
he's just a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that we're having this conversation right now, does Trev deserve another year? That same question is going through Fred. Trev's mind right now. What'd I say? Fred. You, Trev. Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, no, sorry, I want Trev to have another year. Yeah, no, no, Trev, I, I'm down on Trev. I, I have a feeling. We tit, maybe. Hey, we tit. Something tells me Trev's getting another year. I'm not quite sure, but something we, tells me. We tit. Fred. We has, trust in Trev. But with Fred, like these same questions are going through Trev Albert's mind right now. And like the fact that we're just having this conversation, I think really puts it on the ropes for Fred Hoiberg getting another year. Because if we're having this conversation, like so they're, it, they're, it's already been had other fan podcasts are having this conversation. There's other just people sitting in their basement talking with their family. You know what? Yeah. I'm out on Husker basketball this year. Like the writing might be on the wall just based on the fact that we're having this conversation. My question, and you know, this is purely subjective. Um, whether you, what's ignore the rest of this season. Has the court of public opinion been set on Fred Hoiberg? Has it been set? Is is the fan base just out? I don't because th- I don't think they care. Th- yeah, apathy. Mm-hmm. If if he gets fired, I think a lot of people are like, yeah, sweet. And if he if he stays, a lot of people are go, yeah. Either way, it's meh. Mike, you're a very avid Husker basketball fan. How like what is you? I guess what's your opinion? If you have the axe in your hand, are you chopping? Do you the give it off? to Fred? <laughs> if I, if I'm Trev, I I think you look at what you're paying. Former head coach Scott, and you realize the product on the basketball court was very good until the circumstances presented themselves, and you you give him one more year. That and I'm the guy that was also anti close losses, all that shit. But when you're dealt a shitty hand, like if imagine, oh, actually, it's a perfect example. The Bengals were a decent team when Joe Burrow was on the field his rookie year, and then when he wasn't, they were the worst team in the NFL. I mean, it's the same thing when you lose. The core pieces of your team, you. So you're you're saying context matters. Yes, context which is fine. Ma- it does. It, but to me, you beat your two rivals. You beat Iowa and Creighton. That was a win for me in the season to begin with. I'm cool with the rest of that. We you know whatever else happened, but to me, I just he got dealt a shit sandwich at the end of the year. And with the financial side of things, why not give him another year? Well, Who cares? Well, that's why I think. What do you do with the shit sandwich? That's what's going to be a big factor I, here. I agree, but it's going to be the same thing. He's going to have to use the portal, but that's that's the new era of college athletics in general. But you're going to have to use the portal, and then you also have a guy that's redshirting. That, in my opinion, they probably should have just pulled the redshirt and had him go out and play. But you're going to have a guy that's been redshirting that is supposed you're supposed to build around as well. Talking to Romel Lloyd. Yes. Yeah. And okay, so that brings us right back to the first point that was made on the topic. I love this. The only reason that we're in this position right now, yeah. you don't have anybody to replace the people that got injured. You've exactly. got you've you've got no quality. I don't want to say you don't have any quality players to go out there and replace these starters that mm. got injured, but you're kind of saying it. Yeah. Like, I, and that that's an indictment on the first three years of Hoiberg. Yes. But when you change but another thing too, though, is when you change systems and everything. You pretty much have to. What took you so fucking long? Are you telling me you couldn't teach a guy how to play defense in basketball? (laughs) Move your feet. Well, Doc Sather failed the first time, and then they brought him back again to fail again. So, kinda. But like that—that's just an indictment on the program as a whole. That like, oh, you brought in shooters. Like, you're not going to make it in the NBA as a shooter unless you're a three and D guy. Mm -hmm. Figure out how to play defense. It's just effort and moving your feet. Right. Like, I'm not a great basketball player. I know that. Like, yeah. You want to be a good perimeter defender? Move your damn feet. Figure it out. Wide base, left and right. <laughs> Read it. It's like question. Defense is all about effort. 
Question for you. How many years of eligibility do you have left? Stop Me? it. Personally? Stop. Uh, I don't no. think I've used any. Quit it. Okay. So, <laughs> like, I'll drop a scholarship. <laughs> uh, I'll message Fred. Listen, like, it's, Oh, you don't want me in a basketball court, dude. Uh, fuck, I don't <laughs> want them on a basketball court. You don't court. want me in a basketball court. <laughs> I'm kidding, like, Kesa. You're, you're amazing. Can, can we, we honestly, put a like, bow on this Nebraska ball topic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been well, going at it for 20 minutes. No, it's minutes. good. It's good because it's it's not It's relevant. Season. Right. It's basketball season. And you have season tickets. I know. I, I, I'm still going to go watch them lose. Because yeah. what else am I going to do just, on a fucking Wednesday night at 6 o'clock? Well, Elijah, to your, the fuck not? Dedicated. <laughs> to your point, Elijah, like, people bring up the context. Like, I get it. Losing Juwan Gary sucks. I mean, he was my favorite player. What about Banama? And Banama. Context matters, and I'm going to give him a mulligan. And it's like, yeah, but it's also year what? Ah, this is Delaying the inevitable. I get it. This I get what you're saying. It's just yes. there, there's a sample size already. And it's just more of the same. But there, that's why at I, the end of the day, the financial side of it though is like, what's one more year? Who cares? I know, and I, who yeah, cares? And, but you know, we also talk about the financial side as Nebraska. But fans, we say, I don't different. give a fuck Dude, about financial. Football's different though. I'm, I'm you're so because, because you're football. apathetic to basketball. Correct. Right? I'm, I'm so I'm torn. Right. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm so torn between Mike's point of the financial or financial side makes sense to keep Hoiberg for another year. And then Elijah's point of saying, if you keep another guy like, or if you keep this guy that has been performing like this again, 10 wins at this current moment, his best season ever, and say, you know what? The, the money is more valuable to us. What does that say to potential future coaches? I don't know how to read that. I don't know. I, think I don't. It I mean, again, things, with, with, I, I with 10 I wins. I think it's a lot more impressive if you let Hoiberg go and say, you know what? At Nebraska, money is not an object because really – the new Big Ten media rights deal for football, you're going to have leftover money. Money is not that big of a deal to Trev Alpert, especially with the, no. that money plus booster money plus NIL money. Like, plus Adidas. There's a plenty of money to be had. What kind of messages are you sending to a coach if you say, you know what, Fred Hoiberg wasn't right here. We're going to pay that buyout, and we're going to be on the lookout for a new, a new coach, and we think you're the guy. It, it, it speaks in a much better light about Nebraska than if you keep Hoiberg for another year, fire him at the end of next year to save a couple pennies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the I mean, football discussion. I mean, you're, you're, accept, yeah. you're accepting the fact that you're the worst Power 5 program in the country, and then what coach wants to come coach for the worst Power 5 team in the country? Nobody. Do, do but we they, need but the to accept? So they don't yeah. care. Do we like, need to accept the fact that we're the worst Power 5? Any, any coach on the D1 level already knows. They're very aware. I, I, I don't think us accepting the fact that we no, suck well, is It's like, more of the you, approach you, you, of— You could have said the same thing about Northwestern in football 15 years ago. Yep. Fair. I mean, they wanted to go to Ivy League. And they yes. won, They won like, what, three and games this year? Northwestern North football? One. One. They just beat oh, Nebraska. Yeah. Just One. Beat Nebraska. Nebraska. One of the most just embarrassing us. stats I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason that they got a win this year is because Scott Frost tried the, uh, the onside. onside kick. Yeah. Ugh. And it, it gave them Incredible. momentum to win their only football game of the year. I Incredible. digress. But, like, you wouldn't call Northwestern the worst football program in America right now. They're, they're down there still. Yeah. In D1? In D1. It's them in Colorado. Well, Nebraska's there, too. Yeah, no, oh, we're, yeah, hey, yeah, we yeah. get more than I one I mean, Northwestern's win. at least won a, a division title within the last couple of years. I mean, I wouldn't call them the worst. I, it would be, if I anything, mean, if anything. I mean, Vandy, you can make an argument for Vanderbilt, for Colorado. Kansas, uh, even though they Nebra- had, Nebraska, the uh, only Power even. 5 team to not make a bowl game in six years. Yeah. They're, they're one of the worst. Yes. No, I agree with Northwestern's that. Northwestern's I agree not, with that. But I don't think Colorado and Northwestern, as of this last season, I would put at the absolute bottom of the barrel. 
but anyway, just back to my point about basketball, though. Do you want to continue this stereotype that Nebraska is the worst Power 5 team in the country, or do you want to start making moves to change that perception? Right. Mm. That's what this offseason could mean if it is the end for Fred Hoiberg. It's time to start changing that perception now, and what actions do you take to change that perception? I, I don't think the first action you take to change that perception is to keep Fred Hoiberg around. That's such a – like, the point about apathy, right? If, if your fans are not apathetic – like, yeah, a lot of fans are stupid, but, like, they're going to demand more out of the program. They're not demanding shit out of Nebraska ball, and they never have. That's why they've been content with eight wins a year, ten wins a year. Shit. So, like, when your fans are apathetic, your department knows that, and they can afford to be cheap. They can afford to be complacent because they know you don't give a shit, and now we sell alcohol. Oh, that'll, that'll bring in a few more, whatever. When your fans demand more, that's when the department starts to take notice, and they're like, "All right, let's let's actually do something here instead of being content with the context, bottom of the barrel." Do that's you, why your fans got to demand more, even though a lot of them are stupid. Do you think <laughs> with uh, again, I'm specifically referring to the Hoiberg era and not the Tim Miles era because he actually had a fairly solid record here. Do you think that Nebraska ball has dug itself? into a hole that is deep enough to make it difficult to make fans not apathetic. Like, is, like you can... You know what you know, solves that? This, you know what that? solves that? Winning. winning. Yeah, so, I mean, you have to have, you know, one, one and a half, two full seasons of winning before you make them not apathetic. Eh. Have we dug ourselves into a spot where it's like, oh, You have to fuck, have one season of winning. Kind of time. That's what I'm saying. If Nebraska next so, what, season uh, made uh, the NCAA uh, tournament, Husker fans would be there in droves. One season of winning would make them care. Yep. They, we made the we NIT, haven't been to the tournament in 10 years. Show up. <laughs> yeah. we, we haven't been to the NIT in six years. We haven't been to the tournament in a decade. Well, Nebraska fans showed up to, in droves so after a Creighton to, win. Like, to, yeah. you think they're going to sh- not show up to us? Wait, is that because of the context? Well, no, because they oh. they won against Creighton. Yeah, it's, it's not against because the they lost team. close. If, if no, Creighton was unranked, if Creighton was unranked, it wouldn't have mattered. You're, they won. They no, they won. That, that Creighton game will always matter. Sure, Creighton but, will always because matter. Because they won. But the, the ranking adds a lot more yeah. weight to that win. But yeah, but the the what? The ranking. No, the ranking. The ranking matters more because of the. What no the, have, the win what matters the more the win matters more because of the ranking right the yeah, what the, the what context the, yeah the context provided on that win makes it more valuable you're fighting it wins, all right wins matter okay yeah. so hey we're apathetic about Nebraska ball but that was our longest segment no yeah. shit yeah, that was probably the longest segment <laughs> uh, ever on this podcast that was yeah we that went was nuts seriously on that. 45 minutes long so okay and, and, holy and shit I think we're in, good good luck with that the Mike fact that we hit yeah. that like that just tells you like yeah are we apathetic basketball fans somewhat apathetic. Yes. You're apathetic when they lose. You're not apathetic when they win. Right. I'm not even a Husker so why fan. The hell, lose, why, win. Lose, win. Why, 50-50. Why the hell are you still keeping around? Like, I, I, I'm Team Hoiberg, but I look at this and I go, from an objective point of view, why the hell do you keep around the guy that just adds to the apathy? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So, just to kind of close everything out, we've been going for a while. We're not even going to talk baseball? Yeah. <laughs> New Jersey's baseball um, season starts this week. Practice. I do. I started thinking about, you know, we've, we've had a lot of, like, media personalities on, and that would include you, Elijah. I do have a, a kind of an interesting question. Um, when it came to watching Scott in the offseason and kind of learning, like, everybody, you know, we win the offseason every year. And... I want to know what is your opinion? Like, what is the difference between Matt Rule's offseason national championship and what is Scott? 
national championship off season. Ross, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, like, I, I just want to know, like, what we were so excited, the tools that he was bringing in and this new offense and everything like that when he first got hired. What is the difference between then and now? It, it, it's almost that Husker fans have matured since then. Like, from the, the if you're specifically talking about the first season of Frost, it was because you still thought something else could work around here. You know what? This, this high-flying offense, like, it's going to change the Big Ten. Like, I still don't think that as of five years ago, Husker fans understood the Big Ten. Yeah. I still think you made it through the one Mike Riley year and you went, okay, well, yeah, of course a Pac-12 coach isn't going to work around here, but we just got the coach of the year. Right. So you're going to buy what the coach of the year is going to tell you. But now, after seeing the past 10 years of failure, the past 10 years of, you know, what, we're going to try to throw the ball a little bit more, the past 10 years of whatever the hell newfangled thing you want to bring in here, after all that time, you, I think Husker fans have finally realized there's a way that wins, not only in the Big Ten, but there's a way that wins at Nebraska. And Matt Rule's the closest thing we've had to that since Osborne, most likely, maybe Solich. Solich, I mean, that's even getting back before my time. That's how long it's been. So, in terms of what he's actually doing on a day-to-day basis, every single day that gets Nebraska fans more excited, I mean... Working. Yeah, he works. He that's bring, helpful. He works. He brings in recruits. He's got a new system. That's not all that different from Frost. But I think the difference is his Husker fans have finally found somebody who, I mean, we talked about earlier, not only talks like them, has the same values as them, not only in a football team, but in life. There's just so many things that line up between Matt Rule and Nebraska that, like, I don't think Matt Rule is the best coaching candidate in this cycle, but I think he was the best fit for Nebraska. I think Nebraska was the best fit for him. And I don't think I can say that about Scott Frost. I think you go back there, Scott Frost was the best coaching candidate in that cycle, which people might think I'm crazy based on how the past couple years went, but that's more based on the fact that Scott Frost and Nebraska were not a perfect fit. But I think now you look at it and you go, Trev Alberts is in charge. We trust Trev. Trev says this is the right fit for Nebraska. I look at everything about Matt Rule. I think this guy's the right fit. I like what he's saying. Uh, I like what he's doing on the recruiting trail. Therefore, I believe in it. And that's not the most in-depth answer, but it just simply, I think Husker fans this time around are able to cut through the bullshit and you're able to see a guy, Matt rule. He's a great salesman. And I think some people consider salesmen bullshitters. Yeah. I think Husker fans can cut through the bullshit and figure out who Matt rule is as a person and who he is as a football coach. And all those things just seem to line up with what Husker fans want. Well, not to mention like he didn't have to take this job. He literally could be sitting here drinking beer, doing a shitty podcast and getting paid millions of dollars from the, the Panthers. I mean, he took this job because it was the right fit for not only him, but it was the right fit for Nebraska. So, yeah, I mean, exactly what you're saying is it just, it to me, it just feels right. He, he seems to be a guy that understands the problems Nebraska has faced over the past decade and has a clear, concise plan to fix those problems. Scott Frost came in here and, like, the number one problem was, oh, we're not winning. We're going we're gonna to bring my system in here. We're going to win. Matt Rule looks at it and, like, he's done his research. He understands. Nebraska hasn't been running the football. Why are you not running the football in a place like Nebraska where it's going to get cold in November? That's an advantage on your end. Why don't you build a team that leans into that? Why don't you emphasize offensive line play. Well, why don't you bring it back to the roots of Nebraska with that? Like he's just a guy that 
every single thing that we've listed off over the past five years, 10 years of what's wrong with Husker football, he's got a plan to fix it. And I'm not saying he's the guy because he has a plan. We'll see how the plan is executed, but I think he's got a better plan and he's got better work ethic than the past coaches Nebraska's had in this role. He has answered everything that we, he has, he has kind of given that plan towards everything that we've talked about on this podcast since the start of it, which is over two years. At the same time, it's almost, I don't want to call it worrisome because we are in a time of relate. I understand that. But mm-hmm. like Matt Rule said in his introductory press conference, he said it on the, the Bus with the Boys podcast. I did a whole bunch of research before I came to Nebraska. He knows what the Husker fans want. So then yes. the question becomes, you know, he's a salesman. You know, he's yes. good with words. Is very, he very talented? Is he giving Husker fans what they want to hear? Is that actually his Fool's plan? gold. As of right now, with the results still pending, I will say, I, I think he seems like a genuine guy. He seems like a guy that is a man of his word, lives up to his word. Most of his stops, he has embodied that. And you go, I trust this guy. But like, if the results in this fall don't seem to live up to what we're saying, like that, that, that bit of doubt will creep into my mind. But right now, I think he seems like the type of guy who lives by his words. And he's saying that stuff. And then his staff is repeating it. Yes. He's, they're saying the yes. exact same they're thing from aligned. top to bottom. Yes, they are definitely all aligned. So with the reception of Matt Rule, it has been, I mean, not totally divisive, but a little. You know, there were a lot of people that said, you know, there were better coaches that would have fit Nebraska better. Uh, when former head coach Scott was hired, I mean, he was heralded as this king. Do you think Nebraska fans are like, you know, a kid that touched a hot stove and they realize like, ah, oh, that, that hurt. I don't want to do that again. Is that kind of why we're seeing this pullback from the rule hire? What do you think about that? I mean, yeah, you, you don't want to, it's like a relationship. You don't want to get hurt again. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you don't want to break up with your girlfriend and then one month later dive into a new relationship. You're worried about the things that caused you pain last time. And, oh, wait, that's three straight relationships that have failed me now. What's going to happen with this number four? Like, that, that doubt's just naturally going to be there. And I don't think it's a case of, of Husker fans losing their love for Husker football. It's just like... Protecting me, themselves. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Yeah. Fool me three times. Shame on everything. Throw me for the fourth time. I flipped that, but you guys got my point. It's it's that that same case of like, we've been fooled before. We don't want to be fooled again. It's not necessarily about rule. No, it's about just like that that, that reaction would have happened to any hire that Nebraska would have brought here, Mm -hmm. which comes back to your point of like Nebraska fans maturing a little bit and saying like, you know what? We're, we're going to give this, it's time to develop and, you know, assess then. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's like, I mean, who was the name this coaching cycle you thought maybe would have gotten the fans on board? Urban Meyer is maybe Ugh. the only name. That I, I mean, I mean, Luke, Fid- Luke Fickle was another Munkin. one. Munkin. You honkin'? Jared's, Jared's you a big honkin with me? guy. You no. honkin? No. No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Clip right yeah. well, I, I Jared, what do you like got? To... What do you have to say about that? What? But all this talk here. Well, I was just going to say, like, it's ironic because when Scott Fuck came here, he was unblemished. Like, he was the perfect coach. And, like, with Rule coming, it's like, okay, well, he did fail. And he's the first one to tell you, hey, I got fired. No, 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 don't say I left. Like, I got fired, I know. And it sucked. And so it is, like, a little ironic. Um, We're bringing on a guy who acknowledges his past failures. And we hope, since there has been zero games played since he's been the coach, we hope that he's learned from past mistakes that he's made. Whereas the previous guy, he was the unblemished, uh, you know, biblical fucking hero, right? You know, prodigal son coming back home. So, yeah, I think people think they want to be hopeful. They want to be hopeful. 
Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to close it out there because we, this has been a long one. Yeah, it's been a long one. Elijah, like we do with all of our guests, please tell the listeners where they can find you, what you do, <laughs> what you're doing. Just go into talk about yourself for a couple minutes and uh, we'll close this thing out. So I am the uh, producer of Chris Schmidt and Hale Varsity Radio. They've since promoted me to technically co-host, but like, let's be honest, I'm riding the coattails of Chris Schmidt. That's cool with me. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you can catch me on Hale Varsity Radio. It's four to six. You can hear it a couple different places uh, across the state. You got 590 in Omaha. You got the Superstation out in Kearney Hastings, Grand Island. Uh, that's uh, ESPN Radio, Kearney Hastings, Grand Island. You got ESPN Lincoln. Uh, you can listen to podcast form, Hail Varsity Radio. That's the best place to find me. It's uh, four to six every single day. We go six days a week. Uh, so you can catch us there. You can catch me on Twitter at Herbal Essences. No underscores, no crap like that. Herbal Essences. It's like a really That's, old username. I like it. Yeah. So this was from middle school. Uh, <laughs> oh, one of those. Oh. Yeah, it's like, oh, I need I need a username. Like <laughs> my name kind of sounds like that brand. That's the hair brand. Shampoo. I'll use that. And yeah. it's kind of, it just stuck with me ever since then. So you can find me there. <laughs> Uh, at Herbal Essences on Twitter. I'll promise I'll be a little bit more active now that uh, the four-year case of the flu is gone. <laughs> that, that, you stop that. Gave me a lot of good Twitter material. I, I can't lie. That, that, that's actually what got me hired by Schmitty in the first place was he's like, oh, this guy's on Twitter. Oh, geez. <laughs> Thank um, you. But yeah, catch me there. Catch me on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure you'll catch me on podcast too. I'm not that busy. I just spend most of my time talking about Husker football, so I'm just living the dream. Hell yeah. Hey. He says I'm not that busy as he lifts off like nine things that he does hey. where you can find him, where you can hear him. No, it's oh, like, I'm not that busy. Well, it's like it doesn't feel that busy whenever like if I wasn't working this job, I'd spend like at least six hours a day talking about Husker football anyway. So I'm just kind of working the perfect job. So never, like, never what we do. We're weird. Yeah. <laughs> we do it on the side. For so, nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked into this, dude. Like, I had no plans of being in radio growing up, like, even in college. And then uh, a guy who uh, I was pretty good friends with was like, hey, uh, I'm in radio with uh, it's a Husker talk show. You'd be really good at it. I think I'm better for NPR. He works for NPR now, so it worked oh, out. He's like, oh, sick. he's like, you should go try it out. And I'm like, I've never done any radio in my life, but I'll go try it out. And then I BS my way through the job interview, and I got the job. Yes, and sir. No looking back hey, now. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Elijah Herbal Krishman, Hail Varsity Radio is the best place to find me, get all my Husker takes, and uh, get my personal life on Twitter. So that's about it. I appreciate you guys for having me. This has been really fun. Yeah, yeah man. We appreciate you. It's glad, I'm glad that we got the, the counterpart. You know, what, you're, you know what, Chris? This is the Batman, and Chris, you're Robin, right? <laughs> oh, oh, no, it's the other way. I'm, I'm the Robin. I am perfectly I'm just, fine I'm being just the Robin in this case. I, like, I'm glad to have the co-Batman to the the Hail Varsity the radio show. Batman. The co-Batman. Like, well, like, I, I do Chris love... Chris gave me a great chance way back when, so, like, like whenever I got hired, my whole job was, like, hey, I'm just going to make Schmitty's life easier, and that's yes. still my life. Like, Chris Schmidt is one of the most talented people I've ever been around He's in the terms goat. of radio. Yeah. He makes me sound good every single day, and I just, I really appreciate getting that opportunity in the first place, and I love what I do every single day, so... Uh, I'd appreciate anyone who wants to tune in. If you don't want to tune in, that's your prerogative. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to say anything about it. It's not for everybody. Uh, Schmitty has fun. I have fun. We just try to have fun every single day and talk to some of the biggest and best names talking Husker media. Yeah, man. I, I do love that he called himself Robin and he showed up in tights. You guys can't see us, but yeah, Elijah is wearing it. tights right now. It's a little uncomfortable. He had a cape. <laughs> That's odd. I thought the cape was pretty cool. I wasn't going right. to mention that. Let's sign off, Jared. <laughs> All right, guys. Go to nbnrpodcast.com. I think Kyle just updated the site. Right? I did. He I did. did. Today. Oh. Be on the lookout for, like, Patreon information. Nothing official yet. Yep. Um, at nbnrpodcast on Twitter. At nbnrpodcast on TikTok. 
We're Instagram, on Facebook. Facebook. You know. I mean, all that shit. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a five-star review. We need it. We want it. We beg you. We deserve it. All right. Let's sign off, guys. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers. Connor Cavillac. It's Elijah Herbal. You guys are the best. Appreciate you. As always, uh, 200 and something days. Beat Minnesota! Conference game. And? GBR. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey. Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just <laughs> did? You get mad. You went to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> got it, Muhammad! GBR. A Heard at Sports Network production. <laughs> <laughs>